Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to another season review show. And uh, we're doing Arsenal this time. And uh, we've got, uh, we can try to get Arsenal fans. Uh, Shaswat, unfortunately, was not able to join, but we still got Siddhant and Adash. Yes, Siddhant and Adash, welcome back to the show. And once again, thank you. Hey, thank you for having both of us here on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I know. I went both together because, yeah, I know. Just have, we just had you guys a few hours back. So, yeah, we're having you <laughs> again. I know. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a double header. So, it's great. Awesome. Um, and again, yeah, uh, you know, Sudan's a Chelsea fan, but I would hope that he will stay a little bit neutral. Um, but he'll get the shots in next week. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes. All right, stop with Arsenal. Uh, and, I, and I asked the same question that I asked Gaurav. Sudan, I'll ask you this one. Um, is it, from the Arsenal's perspective, the same question? They started the season, we all thought there's no hope. You know, maybe they'll get into the Europa League, maybe they'll get into the Conference League where they're going to go after three games. And yet then they are in top four. They were two games away, maybe one game away from securing it, and then they lost it. Uh, is that better? Is that better? What is what is more hurtful when you get you know when it's in your grasp when it slips away or not having any hope at all right at the start of the season? No, uh, with respect to Arsenal's perspective, it would definitely be hurting their fans because they actually had quite a nice gap over Spurs. You know, they they both were at the same games played, I think, and they had a gap of some five to six points, I think, and that was just like four games before. You know, that was at the 30, when both were at around 34 games or something. I think so, 33 or 34 games. So, you know, if when, because re, everyone gets disappointed because of recency bias, right? I mean, it, it's like just so close and, you know, we were not able to get it. But if you ask me, uh, you know, they should actually feel good because I feel that that particular squad has overperformed this year. You know, even yeah. to finish fifth, I think they have overperformed. The squad is not actually that good but you know with good team play and you know maybe with a yeah, i think they were solid at the back some of the in in a lot of their games and you know they got the points and i think they have done well as per the quality of the squad yeah that's a good point that's a fair point that they have done well i mean other shot of the first three games we're talking about where well, are going to finish the loss no no i know some people like well our season starts now after the first three games yeah, that was what it was but they but it was a, it was a monumental comeback the way they fought back and and the way they you know got the team settled do you where do you think it went right for them that that they were finally able to settle on you know on systems that that worked for them on something that that actually you know benefited them okay so <clears throat> my take would be a very different take on this because arsenal is very strict on the number of players they have they have limited numbers of players and they have been repeating the players who have been starting along the long and they know they do not have competition for their place. So if you are performing well, for example, the manager trusts you, fans trust you, and if you are performing well, that means you're going to start. Psychologically, you have an advantage there. Like My fans are backing me. My manager is backing me. Everybody's backing me. So I have to perform. And if I'm perform, performing well, it's a boost for them. They performed well. Everything went well. It, it's something, if something which lacked in them, was the experience. The squad is full of young players, talented players, potential players, but something which they were lacking was experience at the back. For example, if David Lewis would have been there, things might be different. I, I know the quality, he wouldn't be offering the same quality as Gabriel or Ben White or anyone else, but something in the dressing room is very important. When you have such important fixtures by the end of the game seasons, game weeks, like when you are 33, 34 game week, that is where having a leader 
in your uh, dressing room is important. Someone who has one trophy, someone who knows how to handle pressures, someone who knows how to keep your head cool under such pressures. When manager is, some, sometimes managers can't do anything. He or she has given the instruction to the players. Now it's just the captain and it's just the players who have to keep the head cool. You can't rely on 20, 22 years, 23 years old throughout the season. They are good, but it's always the patches they work in. Mm-hmm. And there must be one player, two player who would, would work, would be good throughout the season. But it's just not about one player. You need one player consistent in every position. Mm-hmm. In the defence, in the midfield, in the attack, who needs to perform well. Like Ramsdale was good throughout the season. Gabriel, the defence was good. But in the midfield and the attack, nobody was that reliable, that consistent throughout the season. Saka had, <clears throat> you can argue, he had a good season. He had like 17-18 goals as well. But again, he wasn't that consistent. He wasn't that someone you can rely on. Nothing is happening. This guy will score the goal for us, no matter what. Something which City have, for example, Kevin De Bruyne. Liverpool has in Salah, Mane. Big clubs have big names. They do not have a big name right now. So once they have a big name, who are giving challenges to the younger ones, who is acting as a role model in front of them, they'll be performing more consistently. Yeah. They'll be challenging for the top four more prominently after that. Two things are not as one. I'll give props to others. She said he or she, very inclusive of him, even though we know there are no she managers, they said he or she, so that's very inclusive, so that's nice. Um, and of course, he had to bring in Kevin De Bruyne. Let's just sneak in Kevin De Bruyne, like City players in there. But uh, it's a good point, though, from others that he made. Uh, Sudan, um, do you think it was ultimately the youth factor? Because I like the vibrancy of youth, the young team that Arsenal had. I liked it. But maybe that ultimately the lack of experience, that lack of that big game, you know, now sort of, of, you know, because Spurs have been in top four races before Arsenal haven't really for a while. And I think that ultimately is what put them in, you think? Um, towards the end, or was it, in, uh, was it a combination of injuries as well? Where do you see that going on? Uh, that's what, a couple of things. One is definitely experience, like others said. They have Zaka. Uh, he's he has red card. Exactly, but he himself is not that responsible as a player. I mean, some would argue that he's, you know, like the old style midfielder who would not get red cards 10 years back or something like that. But still, so he is probably the most experienced regular player in that lineup. So definitely they need more experience. And secondly, they never have a good uh, bench strength. You know, they, they, Arsenal since, I don't know, since the last 10, 15 years that I've been, you know, really into Premier League football. I've never seen Arsenal having good bench strength. I mean, you know, like top teams should be having good at or either you should have versatile players who could, you know, like someone like a Miller, you know, who can actually play in uh, even the fullbacks or as a midfielder or, you know, you should have proper bench strength like how City does. I mean, City and Chelsea do. So they never have that and that hurts them. That hurts them every season. Like when Tierney is gone, then what? I mean, it's not a good backup yeah. to have. Right? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when party is gone, then what? I mean, they, they don't party have over. Another party is gone, party is no, over. Party. It's a funny thing as well, as you mentioned, because it seems Arsenal players always seem to get injured, right? And it's like you never have... Uh, it's almost like whoever they sign, it's either that it's in their clause that they have to become injury prone or that they are injury prone. I don't know what it is, but you, yeah, you, you never, you almost feel like, yeah, that's what Arsenal players are. They always get injured. 
Yeah, I don't know whose fault it, it is. And it must be said, and it must be said that they didn't have any European uh, competition pressure this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have midweek games. Maybe they had some in Carabao Cup and FA Cup. I don't know, but in those competitions, you tend to leave out or rest your best players at times. So, yeah, you know, they they don't have even that fatigue factor that you know because they are playing a lot of games. That's why they are mm-hmm. getting injury prone. There was nothing like that, you know, yeah. this season. Yeah, I mean the Carabao Cup, they did go to the semi-final, but that was in January, and FA Cup they were knocked out in the first round, the third round itself. So um, they didn't have any like lots of games towards the end of the season. They were mostly playing one game a week or whatever the, the schedule was according to COVID. But uh, yeah, I mean that would be um, that that's something else to look to look at as well. Um, I was just talking about red cards though, because that's the last thing I want to talk about before we move on to other things. Um, it's someone said. Do you feel they were hardened by with the red cards, or do you think it was just tendency to start disturb? Because there was a period, I think, of four or five games where they were getting a red card every game. It was almost like what Leeds were doing yeah. at the end of the season, where they were getting a red card every game. Do you think it was what was it? Was it bad luck? Was it lack of discipline? Was it just uh, you know pressure? What was it? I would say lack of discipline and the pressure both, because you can't blame the officials every now and then. Maybe one game, maybe two, if you are that frustrated. But you just can't blame the officials every now and then. So it's the lack of discipline which they lack. It's the frustration which they were holding on to. For they were eager to win games in the middle, and by the end they were eager to qualify for the Champions League spot. So that was the reason they were more like, desperate to get the ball, to stop the counters, and to everything. So it was it was just surrounded about. These two factors, being disciplined and desperate about things to go their way, sometimes can't like have things your way. But you just can't do fouls after fouls after fouls, especially when you know that the other player is already red carded, like in the last game. You just can't do that in a midfield again. You you'll cost another player in the very next game. So Jaka Jaka is something is not someone, but he is very very ill-disciplined player. Yeah, I think it was him. I think even Tierney got a red card. I think yeah. um, was Holding got Jaka a red card a, as well. Holding got a Jaka red card against Spurs. Has a habit of it, right? Of yeah, Jaka definitely fouls after fouls. Mm-hmm. So he he needs to work on it. Either, I think his temperament either by the coach well. or him. No, his temperament as well because he gets respected to that because of him. Games are being costed. Okay, yeah. Arsenal are costing the midfield. One player is lacking in the midfield. You can't start an academy player over Jaka. That's for sure, irrespective of how bad Jaka is. But again, you have to be available for the team. You shouldn't be responding like this when you are one of the most senior member in the dressing room. He's playing eleven, mm-hmm. so he has to take a little more responsibility there. Maybe that was the reason he gave up on the Arsenal captaincy as well, because he wasn't sure about his discipline or yeah. some other reason as well. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about um, let's talk about this. Uh, I think where they lost also the top four race. I think Sudan was a January transfer window when they decided they weren't going to buy anyone. Um, after that was surprising, and um, they did lose uh, Aubameyang uh, ultimately. I mean, and so the question here is one: not buying anyone in January was that a good decision? And then if they knew they were not going to buy anyone, should they still have let Aubameyang go? You think? And again, we are neutral, so it's probably easier first one. So there may be an Arsenal fan to look at it, but still, yeah. So, so what I think is that this is where there is an issue with you know uh, Arteta's way of handling things. He's like a 
disciplinarian he is not that old i mean so he won't command the respect of like how an old school disciplinarian would and you know he could you know may yeah obamayang had, had a certain lifestyle but sometimes you know when he is like a critical player for you so you should handle him differently i mean you cannot always uh, handle players uh, in a very strict way and january window is always a very tricky window you don't usually have players available clubs are not willing to sell and i don't think arsenal has that big of a budget as well to just you know break the bank and you know overpay and sign someone massive uh so in if you know looking back they should not have left obamayang leave that i think that hurt them because after he left there was no identity to their attack especially at the number 9 i mean lakazet was not doing well the backup nktia he did okay but he is also very young he's still learning i mean he's not the finished product rely on him for a season yeah yeah he's is not at all the finished product you know so there was no one left in that striker department after he left even though he had some disciplinarian issues maybe you know you can you can handle it in a different way right you yeah. can maybe he had single rip bamia he dropped him from the playing 11 in the next moment you see he's leaving for barcelona yeah and they dropped him the quite then he basically yeah he said he's going to the afcon but he did and he went somewhere else and they were like yeah that's it yeah. you know he handled uh-huh. it quite cool he did the same with ozil as well Yeah, he just benched him and let it go. He tried to do similar thing with Aubameyang, and I think they allowed Aubameyang to leave on a free, right? Yeah. Free, yeah. yeah. And I think they even paid him, yeah, paid him a salary as well for a for a short period. Severance. So, so, so that's what happens when you uh, handle a player like that, right? So that player also is no longer interested in playing for your club any longer. So he becomes like a liability, and then you can't sell him. You have to just release him. You know, I think they have released Aubameyang. I think they have. released sanchez in the past for free i think they released so that was a swap deal let's call it a swap yeah. deal and i then at the yeah, yeah. I, i still think arsenal Brilliant. got the better of that deal to make it very unstoppable <laughs> they, they got the better of that deal let's just be honest there yeah um, and and we are talking and we are talking about some of their most expensive players like they invested a lot in you know ozil as as well as obamayang while buying them and gave them like contracts worth around 300 350k so really hurts when you don't handle these big they haven't even kind of replaced the players i mean if you look arsenal's transfers in the past 3 4 years mm-hmm. two seasons sanchez left who was there to replace him no one oh, they got mikitarian left mikitarian they replaced keep, him keep keeping right at bank at the side here Yeah, yeah. They, they did not replace anyone. But also, I think they, they they're using Odegaard. Odegaard, replaced. Odegaard, like he he wasn't he wasn't a big star. Odegaard was a big star when he came to Arsenal. Odegaard wasn't a big star. He's still learning. He's still growing. He's not a grown man yet. So yeah, he, they are relying him to be to reach the level of Odegaard. So he has they haven't replaced him properly. Yeah. They're just relying on the player to like he might replace him someday in the near seven. future. Yeah. And Obama Young left. Nobody is there to replace him. Even in the defense, when Koscielny, uh, if I'm not wrong, Koscielny he left. Koscielny, no, Koscielny is with the left back. Koscielny, the center back. Yeah, Koscielny. Yeah, he was the leader. He was their leader. He was a strong man. Who's there to replace him? No one. They're just getting random names and putting them 
I'm hoping they turn out to be good. Well, to be fair, I will say this. I think Odegaard is the same as it also was when he came to Arsenal. If I'm not mistaken, they were but both mid the, But not the finished product. Not the finished product, yes. Yeah. But they're the same age. And so, you know, sometimes... I mean, I, I think that's the age profile, right? Koscielny was not a finished product when he came to Arsenal. Um, Ozil was, was probably was, but the age profile is the same. Obama and Sanchez probably the same age as well. So I think they signed certain players of a certain age. I don't think they want to sign two old players. I think that's resale value and all of these things that come into it. So that's what it is. But the striker thing was surprising because they were linked with Dusan Lavic. I never thought they were going to get Dusan Lavic. Once the prices were mentioned, I was like, that's not a deal Arsenal do. They don't do those kind of deals. So it would have been surprising if they signed Blahovic. Um, but talking about the players themselves, um, now let's talk about Bukayo Saka because you mentioned that he, you know, he had a good season, but he's probably not as consistent. Um, how do you rate his, I mean, overall performances? I mean, it, he had a very tough summer, obviously, you know, the racial abuse and his penalty. You think, you think he's shown a yeah. lot of character and bouncing back and having the season that he had? Of course, of course. Like, when you play on international level, when you play for a trophy, you play in this final, and you had a bad game. And after that, coming back from that incident, from that mentality, is great. Keeping his age in mind. He's what, like 19, 20? Yeah. And 20, coming back, coming back in that age is something exceptional. He's showing a great character into the team. He's setting an example for young players, what you can do. Mm-hmm. But again, like I don't blame him for being inconsistent. It, scoring 17 goals is not a joke. 16, 17 goals plus 15 goals is not a joke. And he's doing that. And he's been performing since last season. So he's setting an example, but he needs a, a playing figure alongside him in the attack who can guide him. Lacazette is not someone who will guide players around like, Okay, you can rely on me. Like, deliver the ball to me. I'll score goals for you guys. Don't worry on that. Or I'll I'll make goals for you, if not score goals. So you can't rely on him. You can't rely on any other attacker apart from him. Martinelli is, is injury prone again. Smithrow comes here and there, scores, shows the glimpse, and then back to the hospital. Yeah. So just him, yeah. who is not injury prone so far, Odegaard, I guess, right? Odegaard is also... Yeah, Odegaard, Odegaard is there. So, it, it's been a good season, I would say, for him. Like, far better than any other player in the Arsenal jersey. Apart from Gabriel, for me, he had a very good season for Arsenal. He has shown a little extra efforts into the defence, being a leader uh, at the time. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. Yeah, I think he's done very well this season. Someone that I've seen actually since he was 16, 17, when he broke into the team. And uh, he was playing as a left yeah. back, then he plays as a left wing. But I think right wing is where he, his home is, and I hope he will become better mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. So that, what's your thoughts on Aaron Amstale? Um, and I'll give you my take on that, but I just want to get your thoughts on, on what do you think of him as, 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 as a goalkeeper, as a signing for Arsenal? Uh, he is probably their best goalkeeper of the last decade, I would say. I mean... <laughs> Even even Peter Cech was the washed-up version of Peter Cech when he joined them. So, <laughs> and, uh, and since him, I don't think they have had a goalkeeper as good as Ramsdale. So, he is he's probably one of their best signings of this season. So, he's a bit overrated. I think he's a bit overrated. I would just say this. I no, think he's, he's a bit overrated. I, I, would say, I would say he's overrated in... He makes good saves, but then he makes them in a Hollywood kind of way. Yeah, he makes easy saves you know? look like, you know, like like great saves. Uh, I think that's, you know... Uh, yeah, I mean, some keepers like Allison have a very... Anyone quote, they're very non-hand way of making saves. Like, like just but how does that matter? Like, um, see, the thing is, if you're a good goalkeeper... No, a good goalkeeper will make 
you know, even even big saves look routine, right? And what that does is Until, it, no, that I wouldn't agree to that. Like saves are safe. No, psychologically, that. it makes a difference because if you're always, you know, Hollywood style saving, what you're actually doing is you're, you know, if you make, if you, if a score, if a, if a striker hits a great shot and the goalkeeper goes, yeah, that's nothing, I'm just catching him. There you go. It psychologically impacts as well, right, on the on the striker. That's my opinion. Um, and it, of course, you know, it it, it impacts as well because when you start making Hollywood saves, what happens is you're then starting your mindset is well, I need to make, you know, it starts looking at the cameras and it's not about, you know, the team. I just have a feeling, I just feel the saves. I mean, you know, it's a very psychological nuance thing and I can't explain it. Um, but I do believe that this is something that I've always heard is that the best goalkeepers, they make the, they make even the difficult saves look routine and that really helps. Um, but of course, but apart, um, from, but apart from that, he is, you know, He's, he's a, a good goalkeeper. goalkeeper. A good goalkeeper is, I'm not denying that he's a good goalkeeper. I just feel he's a bit overrated. Um, you know, making some of the saves that and not just I think he just he makes good saves. I just feel sometimes, and maybe this is because he's English, right? And he's also quite he's also quite young, right? I mean he's yeah, he's 24. Yeah, he's just he's yeah, just graduated so, from the under 21, so he's not that old. Yeah, he's super young. Yeah, so, so he's he, he has a lot of improvement left. So I think he can he can be their number one choice for the next five to seven years, I feel. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a very good goalkeeper for Arsenal. He's just, you know, overrated doesn't mean that he's bad. And it's to be clear here, overrated doesn't mean people. And I'm, are bad. And I'm glad the decision of Arteta, like benching Leno for him. I never thought like Arteta would bench Leno because he costed them a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he bought him, him, right? So I think he always wanted that upgrade. I mean, that's a nice segue, Arthur. Actually, let's talk about Arteta. What do you make of him this season? Where do you, um, you know, rate him, rank him? What do you think? He he had a decent season. I mean. See, Adash is not the right person to ask because he's got that city sentiment, keep, but still, that's okay. I will ask. Keeping, no, no, no. Apart from that, like, I'm not keeping Arteta's history in this, but uh, keeping the set of players he had with him at Arsenal, I think he finished where he deserved to be finishing. So that's good on his side. Uh, if they would have finished in top four, that would have been overachievement, I would say, for them. But uh, this is not an underachievement from any angle. Mm -hmm. Keeping what kind of players, what kind of suspensions they were going through throughout the whole season. What kind of departures they have been going through. Injuries, departures, suspensions, everything. Everything was there. And of course, pressure was already there on them, like just like any other team. So they they did well. Arteta did well. Handled things in his way. Handling the young squad, like teaching them the tactics, what he, what he want out of them, the outcome, what he want, the way he want. So that's good. But again, he needs to get better players with time. I don't know how much time it's going to take because they are still getting players to like have a proper squad. You can't just rely again. You just can't rely on academy players for each and every position. You have to bring quality players with time. And it's been a while since Arteta is here. So I guess the very next season should be the season where fans should decide whether they want to stick with this manager or not. Yeah. You don't get this, this many chances uh, in, a, in a club who's aiming for top four or even top six for this matter of fact. So let's see how things well, go. Next season it will be top five depending on what happens with the new expanded Champions League format. Maybe top five will be enough but we will see. Um, Sudan, um, do you think Arsenal will regret not finishing top four next season? Because I mean, if you look at next season, you know, you've got um, uh, the Spurs are going to be there, obviously Chelsea are going to be there, Liverpool City, they're all there. Then you've got uh, Newcastle are going to strengthen for sure. Aston Villa are strengthening as well. So you've got those two teams um, there. Maybe Leicester might come back into the reckoning. Maybe. I'm not sure. 
maybe so you got already three teams there that might might challenge Arsenal for that fourth spot already and in addition to all the other four that are already there do you think they'll look back and think ah, maybe if he had qualified for the top four this season then they might not get that they might not come so close next season do you think that's a possibility uh, actually uh, I think it's better that they have qualified for Europa uh, because you know since the last few years winning the Europa uh, gets them qualification into Champions League I think Arteta Number one, Arteta, I don't think, is like a world-class manager. He has been good for Arsenal, but he is not whom they whom you know any club will think of sticking like five or seven years with. He's not that guy. So, and the way he handles situations, you know, see, this season he has finished fifth. I think he has overachieved. The last two seasons they finished eighth because they had European football. This season they didn't have European football. They had that little advantage of, you know, squad being a little more fresh. So they finished fifth. I think it is better for them. The last time, uh, like they had reached uh, Europa finals not so long ago, I think it was, it was Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, that was Emery. Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea won uh, that yeah, game, yeah. but they reached the finals. And that so, was the you know, 2019, wasn't it? Yeah. And see, if they were in Champions League, I don't think they would do very good. I mean, they might go past the group stage, but then Round of 16, I would, you know, think that, you know, I don't think the odds will be with them to win. So, they'll probably do better in Europa. They can actually, you know, put their whole uh, power in that competition and, you know, try to win it. Uh, based on the spending powers of clubs, including Chelsea in next season, I doubt if Arsenal will be able to finish in top four. Yeah. You know, they have too many things to improve and... Uh, they will need two to three more seasons to actually uh, build a proper spot to challenge for the top four. You know, so yeah. in in a way, I think it is good for them to qualify for Europa, and they should do their best to win it, even at the cost of finishing like sixth or seventh or eighth in the. Yeah, if you finish ninth or tenth in Europa uh, in league, it doesn't matter if you win the Europa League. Right? That's Frankfurt at sure. yeah. so you, you know, that's that's where it is. Um, well, but you know who's going to be waiting for them in the Europa League? It's going to be Jose Mourinho and Roma that they were waiting there for him. So, for them, oh, so, I thought you, know. you were going to talk about Aaron Ten Hag. Manchester United. Sorry, <laughs> uh-huh, even, even I was. Who was I going to talk about? Aaron Ten Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We don't, we, don't, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about shit clubs here. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. But no, uh, no, no, but no, but to be honest, that's the story that just imagine if it's Roma against Arsenal in the final, Jose Mourinho there waiting for them. That would be something to watch. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, we're kind of coming to the end, so we'll, we'll start with this one first. Are this your player of the season for Arsenal? Uh, Gabriel for me. Gabriel? He has been yeah. instrumental for them. Yeah, the definitely. He's been very good. Um, yeah, definitely. I think the player's been very good. Sudan, what are you? Yeah. Saka. Okay. I will go with Saka. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Saka, Gabriel, you could even go with Odegaard, I guess. You could probably say he's been pretty good as well this season. He was actually captain for them as well, so... Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, they've had a good season. I do feel that Arsenal are a better place than Manchester United, even to qualify for top four. I feel their team is young, and I feel therefore that if if any team is going to break that top into that top four among the ones that didn't already, I think Arsenal are probably a better place to do it than anybody else, just because of the age of their squad and the fact that there's so much growing potential there. I do feel that's good. Uh, speaking of that, though, uh, we talked about the summer transfer with others. You, what are the areas that they need to strengthen, according to you? <laughs> <laughs> Every, everywhere, everywhere. You think they need new wingers? I think their wingers are pretty good. Of course, like Martinelli is not someone who starts every game. He's injury prone. Who starts on the left wing? 
Smithro goes there, but he's not natural there. He's in the mm-hmm. middle. Yeah. He goes there because Odegaard is there in the middle. Yeah. Like, they need a striker. Mm-hmm. A proper. They actually have a lot of left wing, left-footed mid. When you think about, it, they have a lot of left-footed players. So I just realized that Smithro, Saka, Odegaard, all are left-footed, right? That's very, very yeah. good. So they need a holding midfielder as well because mm-hmm. party is not someone who's available for 30 games or 40 games a season. Now they have Europa as well. So you need players who can play decently, at least decently, if not good, if not bad. Decent players who can play 30, 40 games. And defense, I guess it's just a fullback they need. And okay, I'll ask you a question. How would you rate Ben White, a 50 million sign for Arsenal? He's hard to ask me that because you know my you know what my bar is and my <laughs> bar is Harry Maguire. Your bar goes to Maguire. So you know it's like he's great. I say he's great. <laughs> I think he's had an average season. Again, I again one of those players who I think gets looked at as better than he is. Um, he's a little bit overrated as well. It's English. It's just English. English players always overrated. Yeah. But but I do think he's better than what people than what uh, rival fans think he is. But he's not as good as Arsenal fans think he is. So he's somewhere in between. He's probably an okay, probably not a 15 million pound defender, but he's okay. He's an okay player. I think. He started well with Gabriel in the, the first yeah. half of the season. Mm-hmm. But after his injury, I guess he had a little downfall and couldn't cope up with the season. Yeah, so, yeah maybe another season. He's still young. So. Yeah, maybe next season will be where again he can he can try. Yeah. I, I don't think they I don't think they can afford an upgrade in the center by position. Like they could get yeah, an upgrade, but I don't think they can get an upgrade. So it's, it's, just, a, it's uh, a fullback, a fullback. Yeah, go ahead. And uh, attacker. Yeah. So that's um. So that how many players do you think uh they'll bring in and just to point, latch on to others' point, how many players in which positions? Uh, the the first priority I think for them would be a striker because I think Lacazette is going to leave this summer and then that even if he was there I think they probably yeah. still need a striker yeah, they, still they, they they would still need that number one uh, striker mm-hmm. and uh, beyond that I think uh, they need a backup for left back position because Tierney is quite injury prone. Mm-hmm. They were talking about Cucurella, but I, I don't think so because City are, you know. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and uh, the third Flex one would moment. probably be like a versatile kind of a midfielder, you know, who can sometimes maybe, you know, pop in some, someone like a Milner for them, you know, because mm-hmm. they actually have good midfielders in, you know, Partey and Zaka and, you know, even Odegaard can play there. But, you know, just as a backup, you know, yeah, like, uh, maybe, gets maybe, maybe, maybe some free agent who's like you know about 30, but who can still get, play get for Oxley Chamberlain two or three years. Oxley. Oh, yeah, Oxley Chamberlain. <laughs> but there's actually quite a few cheap midfielders. I mean, Kamar is already gone, but they could get Awar. Apparently, he's available for quite cheap. Uh, Usain Awar is available, that's he's quite cheap. They could get him. That, um, that is the question. That is the question which I have. The least is the MP as well. So, yeah, how come Ashton Villa? Are getting better quality players than Arsenal. How come? They're just moving quickly. I, I think it's Gerard factor as well. And Gerard is just someone who can convince That's players. Doesn't matter. Like you, you are a better club. Doesn't matter. You are a better club. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very better hierarchy. But I think if you negotiate early enough as well, right? Because for players, it's not, well, okay, I'll wait for Arsenal. It doesn't work that way, right? It's also about, well, um, who's coming to me first? What's the offer? And that then is also there. there. And I think one important factor is that Arteta has not really given a proper identity to the brand of football of Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal used to have a particular brand of football, you know, right now. 
yeah even 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 for that matter you know gerard is not a proven manager but even yeah. his style is to attack you know he has a certain brand and you know certain way he wants the team to play but arteta looking at his team you can never know what he actually wants to do you know yeah. I, i think he likes to park the bus i think he's a park the bus manager to be honest whenever i see him play i feel like he's more of a park the bus manager Not that there's anything wrong with that, by the way. Here, I, you know, I appreciate all styles of football. Yeah. I just feel that's but the. But then top attackers. Coming. Then I don't know. You guys were the last. You guys were the last guys who criticized Park the bus. Come on, let's let's move ahead. No, no, I yeah. appreciate parking the bus. Hey, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. Thomas, you guys would appreciate. Thomas Tuchel is is a, is is not a Park the bus manager. Okay, <laughs> and and I can now now we have we can now we can now act older than that. We have a we have a prior. person okay so we can also say that we don't we look down upon park the bus footballers you, you guys have a history of a manager who has who introduced I, park the bus concept that's uh, no, just so i mean yeah. so so i mean if arteta is a park the bus footballer at least do that properly right i mean <laughs> you need to at least do that well so oh, even that is not getting established you know so no Um, all right, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up here. I just said, um, well, yeah, I think we've covered a lot of ground about Arsenal and we've spent quite a lot of time about that. There's actually one more question that I wanted to ask, but now I'm forgetting it. I've forgotten. So, well, that, that you know, I, I blame all this side talk about, uh, you know, part of us football uh, for that. Maybe it will come to me. Maybe it will come later to me. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, that that will be something. Actually, um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think about what it was. It was something related to the summer transfer window. and uh, now i just uh, it it was something that you were mentioning about uh, arteta and the in the style of football and the free agency and the midfielders and then i just yeah it's i have lost my train of thought but anyway uh, i'm trying to recall myself recollect it myself but uh, i can um, but anyway we'll end it here i guess um, but thank you so much sadan for joining and sharing your thoughts thank you so much others as well for uh, you know sharing your opinion i think uh, we're looking forward to what what the summer transfer window will hold for arsenal what what are sort of signings that they will make and uh, where they will go from yeah i think it's really interesting summer as well for arsenal as well to see uh, the kind of players that they bring in and what happens but uh, we'll be watching we'll be waiting uh, thank you so much for watching if you smash like for arsenal of course if you enjoyed this video and share your comments as well what do you think about arsenal season what do you think next season holds for them it'll be very very interesting to see um, and of course if you enjoyed this video do remember to subscribe to our channel on youtube follow us on facebook as we said there's lots of content happening and you know as others just talked about kukarele is going to city so we've got one you know they've got a reaction one right there for that coming up obviously you know there's going to be an arsenal supposed to sign three four players now going to us so we're going to do reaction shows for that as well so keep do stay tuned when you uh, you get notified as we as we do the videos so do stay uh, notified for that if you're, if you're interested thank you so much for watching have a great day or night and uh, we'll see you again very soon bye bye